Wolf and Luke. We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. Thought, 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 thought. <laughs> Boomerang. Boom. Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. the show live from the auction community studios it is wolf and luke here and uh wolf we got to talk to kurt warner yesterday oh right. gray beard and uh you know how kurt is kurt will give you an answer and he'll, he'll he'll give you 10 answers in one answer but he said some stuff and you know yesterday was such a tight show with everything going on with uh you know with holiday heroes and and just sort of the reaction to to what had happened the night before with the cardinals so we didn't get a chance to react to some of the stuff he said, but I, I thought he really hit the nail on the head on some of these. And um, I'm going to start with this one. I believe this was actually the last question we asked him on if the Cardinals need to make sweeping changes. What, what do you do at this point? Not not for the next four games, but so many people are like, oh, fire Cliff or fire Kime. Is that going to solve it or is it something else? Or can you solve it without making huge changes? This is what Kurt Warner had to say. When Coach Wiz came here to Arizona, he came from Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was, you know, a two wide receiver, one tight end, fullback type <laughs> offense. That's what they did. They wanted to be a power run team and a play action team. And he came here. We were not built that way. We didn't have the offensive line. We didn't have those pieces inside. We were Anquan, Larry. We were three wides. Mm. You know, it was what I, you know, I did well, even though I felt I could play in, you know, different systems, but that's what I did so well. And so it took time for, for us to try to convince him. Hey, that's not what we are. You know, we're not going to be our best if we try to be that sort of team, even though that's your background and that's where you've had your most success. We've got to evolve around our players and become what our, our team you know, is built to be. Or we've got to make, as you said, wholesale changes to go, well, if we want to be that, then we've got to go change these pieces if we want to be good at, at, at what you want to do. Yeah, that is, you know, I mean, so much of the time it is one of the age old coaching dilemmas that you'll ever find. You know, are you going to come in with an idea and then go get pieces to fit that idea? Or are you going to come in and get the pieces and look at the pieces and then say, hey, I've got an idea. <laughs> right. You get my point. Yeah. Um, what are you going to do? That's what coaching is all about. You can only work with the pieces that you have. And those pieces from time to time don't fit to Kurt's point. And Wiz did a great job being very, very flexible. Um, it's one of the things I think the, the Arizona Cardinals have tried to do is accommodate Cliff Kingsbury and accommodate Kyler Murray and try to get pieces around him. Um, certainly this year coming into it with D hop, of course, and Hollywood Brown and looking at Rondell Moore and thinking, man, Rondell Moore is going to be something. And Zach Ertz, you signed him again to another contract and, you know, um, James Connor as well. They thought this offense was going to explode. And I think this offense was built around 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, three wide receivers. And yet at the same time, I, I think it didn't focus enough on the running part of that, the rushing equation of that. So the question here, and I'm not saying Kurt Warner was asking this question, but he he verbalized some concerns that I think a lot of Cardinals fans have had 
over the course of this season. And, you know, I'm trying to be as reasonable. I'm, try, I'm not trying to overreact. Oh, it's definitely the coach's fault. Oh, it's definitely the GM's fault. Oh, it's definitely the quarterback's fault. I'm not trying to go down that path. I'm, I'm trying to look at this as you've got four games left in a miserable season. And now your offseason is clouded because your quarterback is not going to be able to practice all offseason. Where, where is this going, right? I mean, they were taking steps back before Kyler got hurt. It, it, it didn't just become a miserable season on Monday night. It's been a miserable season. Everything you're saying is what we were talking about in the preseason. They put a bunch of pieces around Kyler Murray. Now it's clouded because all those guys were hurt all year. So it, it's tough to evaluate. But the fear, literally, literally, they were all hurt. All, all hurt. Only Kelvin um, Beecham is or played. suspended, or suspended. Uh, but either way, out of the lineup. So the question that I just keep having in the back of my head is: it, it, it's not are they putting the right pieces around Kyler Murray? It's are Kyler Murray and Cliff a good fit? And I don't hmm. mean that through the the national narrative of oh these guys must hate each other. They don't hate each other. They don't. I, I mean I'm sure that they've gotten into it before. We saw it on the sidelines. That's a coach. That's a play caller and a quarterback. I just is is the offense Cliff wants to run or he's best suited to run. Is that the offense Kyler Murray is best suited to run or are they still working on meeting in the middle? Yeah, that's my. I don't know the answer. I'm yeah. just genuinely asking that question. Uh, no, you know what? Honestly, I don't know the answer to that at at all. I don't, and I'm sure there's other people that would tell you the same thing. I, I don't know if, in fact, Cliff Kingsbury has the answer on that. He may have a suspicion better than anybody else, but the one that could. Could answer that question is Kyler Murray. Yeah. The only one who can truly answer that question is Kyler Murray. What kind of offense do you see yourself in? This is the reason why I continue to look at this and think, okay, this is bad. He tore his ACL. I feel really, really bad for Kyler Murray. But because I think Kyler Murray is going to go on and play 15 years in the National Football League and have a great career and make an awful lot of money, I think I can say with certitude this might be something that is beneficial to him. He's got to relearn the game. He's got to rethink the game. I'm hoping that this year, more than any other year, shows him that. And that he learns from something that happened this year. I, I Hopefully he's going to take something with him from this year and say, I don't ever want to feel that way again. I don't, I don't ever want this to happen again. And I'm not talking about him blowing out his knee. No, it's, it's the 14 weeks leading up to that. Exactly yeah. right. I'm talking about how he played this year and how this offense produced this year. I hope he reimagines himself and rethinks himself and takes responsibility for himself. And if that happens, it's going to be the best thing that could happen to Kyler Murray, and it's going to be the best thing that could happen to this organization. Something's got to happen because as it stands right now, I mean, this is a complete waste of a year of his career. It's, it's on the level of Jay Crowder right now, right? I mean, you got Jay Crowder and Kyler Murray basically just wasting a year of their career. Now, if Kyler, if this ends up being a learning experience, and again, not the knee, there's nothing you can do about the knee. If the first 14 weeks, if being four and eight when he got hurt, if that, if that jolts something into some sort of change into next year, then maybe you get something out of this. There's got to be some sort of change next year. That That's the one thing, and we'll get back into this, but that's the one thing every Cardinals fan, and I would say Cliff Kingsbury, and I would say Steve Kime, Michael Bidwell probably all agree on, something has to change for next year. It can't just be, oh, we're going to run the same group out there because we were hurt. You were hurt. 
it's ridiculous. But you can't just run the same group out there and think the same mentality is going to work. Because it's not like you're just missing the playoffs. You're four and nine. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. It's not like right. oh, we're eight and seven, and you know the injury. No, you're four and nine. It's that's there's yep. something's going to have to change here. Uh, all right. When we come back, the Suns struggled again last night in a loss to the Rockets. We'll get uh, we'll get some answers potentially on what is going on from their analyst, their TV analyst Eddie Johnson. He will join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back to the show. It is Wolf and Luke on a Wednesday morning following the Suns game in Houston last night that obviously did not go the way anybody here wanted it to go. We are joined right now on the Arizona Sports Line by the Suns analyst for Valley Sports, Eddie Johnson, kind enough to join us this morning. Eddie, thanks for the time. How are you doing? Uh, you really want to know the answer to that? <laughs> What's up, EJ? I mean, how dare you ask me that question? <laughs> All right, lie to us. I mean, you. I mean, you. You. I mean, you. You just. I mean, you just want to torture somebody. Is that what, is that, what that is? Eddie, I gotta tell you. I mean, about really, it. I, I, Eddie. Eddie. I mean, I mean, you could have heard I had a, a car accident or whatever. Tore my nice car up. Eddie, how you doing? I'm not doing too good. <laughs> I, I feel like I've been in a car wreck over these last five games. Well, yeah, first of all, can I just rough. tell you right now, man? I'm really impressed that you're even up okay <laughs> just even up right now yeah i know you're that night guy right eddie you're you're that nightlife guy still i mean i i don't know am i wrong on that eddie yeah look we got in here last night at i think one o'clock and you know i'm already battling you know this whatever this stuff is going around in arizona i took it on the road you know and trying to get myself healthy and sons of beat up i'd rather not be feeling good and 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 them winning, right? Yeah. And so now it's a combination them not winning, and then me coughing. <laughs> Eddie, yeah. So you're coughing and watching the Suns play right now as well. Why are they not winning, in your opinion? Uh, well, I think it's a few things, and it's, it's the obvious. But you know, you can't say woe is me yeah. uh, because the Suns have been pretty blessed over the last few years to escape the injury bug, so to speak. And other teams had their issues. And so we can't say war is me. Uh, but obviously injury, injury is a part. Uh, and also I think a malaise from the two years of, you know, intense uh, basketball expectations uh maybe it's taking a toll. I think you you now I think people start to really appreciate like what Golden State did. Like going to that many finals in a row. Yeah. Like what LeBron did. Going to what? Nine out of, what nine out of ten years went to the finals. Yeah. Now people should understand how difficult that climb is to deal with that pressure every year. The expectation. Uh the eighty two game marathon. Fighting through Nick's, you know, Nick's and pains that you might have to put yourself in the position to get that trophy. It's just not easy. And I think this team is going through it right now mm. from that standpoint, mentally. And now the physical part is, is kind of interceded and it's making it worse. But also, uh, you know, 
maybe hindsight, this is a wake-up call because we had the best record in the league last year and we still lost in the second round. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. It matters how you plan at the end of the season. But unfortunately, guys, if you look at the West standings, there's not that much separation from the 13th seed in the West to the top seed. Yeah. And a losing streak can really put you in harm's way. And that's where the Suns are right now. Talking to Eddie Johnson. Uh, Eddie, if anybody can answer this, it would be you. Um, I, I've wondered this now every time I watch these games, and last night was the extreme version of it. Why is it? Or have you ever seen a team like this where one guy can't hit a shot and all of a sudden nobody can hit a shot? Like, one guy can go cold. Why does the whole team go cold? Yeah, I mean, I think this is the first time we've seen this. I mean, obviously we saw it at the end of the season last year in the, in the Dallas game. But, I mean, the concerning part, without a doubt, is is the meltdowns in, in quarters. Uh, and that's what that was last night. Uh, you know, first quarter wasn't great, but they're only down seven. But then they only scored 15. They only scored, like, what, one or two baskets in the quarter? Yeah, uh, that that's that's concerning. That's concerning that they outscored Houston the rest of the way. So it's concerning that they're hitting lulls where they can't put the ball in the basket. And I think it's it's a it's a fine line between taking a three and balancing your entire game. And that's the good thing about this team over the last few years is that they were known as a team that balanced their shot attempts between the threes and the twos. And for some reason, lately, the three has taken hold. And in that second quarter last night, I mean, it was just like, I know the shots were open, but you weren't making them. Mm -hmm. So put your head down, try to get to the rim, try to get to the free throw line, try to get to the bonus, to try to just change up. And and so I think we're caught right now, man, with, with how do you play when things aren't going right. And Devin is normally a balancer of that. He and Chris, because of their insane mid-range game. But those two haven't been able to be on the court a lot together this year. And so I think that's a major issue as well. You know, for me, Eddie, what really bothers me, though, is the lack of defense. Um, This was something that I thought was really, really great about the Suns last year. Uh, Something I just admired. And I remember speaking to you from time to time about that very thing. Just the consistency in which they would go out and then suddenly say, okay, that's enough out of you. We're going to lock it down here. We're going to shut it down. It happened so many times, whether it was coming out of the tunnel in the third quarter or the fourth quarter or locking it down over the last five minutes of the game. They had a way of doing that. And to me, just watching these last six games, man, their defense has really taken a step back. My question to you is why? Yeah, uh, well, a lot of times it, it starts with having a lack of confidence. You know, when you miss a shot on one end, you automatically have to what morph into a defender and turn your head and get back and play defense. And I think they're going back on defense worried about what just happened on offense. Mm. And that's what the weak teams do. Like, the weak teams don't know how to separate the two. And I think the Suns have fallen into that over the last five games. Before that, they had moved up top five in defense. Mm-hmm. Okay, they were top five in offense, top five in defense. And over these last five games, they've fallen all the way down in the 20s. And, and it, it can happen to you. It, it can. It, it, 
that's why I love the marathon. That's why I hate when these players want to shorten the season, and you know, and they want you know they want to get rid of everything because. If you shorten the season, then you really put yourself in harm's way because it's hard for you to recover. And and so that's the beautiful part. I think they'll get back to, to being that defensive team. I do. Uh, but obviously they're going to need <clears throat> some input from somebody uh, in regards to the physicality department. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's what's taking a beating right now, and I think it was pretty prevalent yep. over the last three games, really. Uh, New Orleans was very physical at the rim, getting there. And then Houston last night, although a young team, they were getting to the rim. And you just can't allow teams to get layups there. I mean, that, it, it, they're, they're getting layups on you. Every time we got back in the game last night, guys, timeouts called. We get it to 11, I think, in the fourth. Yeah. Uh, they call timeout. First play out, they get a layup. Yep. Yeah. Like they get a layup, and so that has to be concerning. Uh, but again, look, there's a lot of teams struggling right now. There's uh, a lot of teams up and down. Boston probably should have lost their third in a row last night, but Lakers just don't know how to close. <laughs> uh, it's just very competitive, and you're going to hit stretches where you're not playing well. And let's just hope this is just a stretch. But it's uncomfortable because of the injury. We don't know, you know, with DeAndre how that's going to be uh, campaign with his foot. Uh, you already got Devin with his with his hamstring. You have to be careful with that. Uh, Cam Johnson, you don't want to feel like you're rushing him to get back. Although I heard that things are looking good for him, you don't want to rush him back. Uh, so and you know it, you don't want to give Chris Paul a ton of minutes doing the stretch. So. Yeah, it's a lot of decision-making that has to be done, uh, and I'm sure that's what they're working on. Well, Eddie, we appreciate the time, especially all things considered, man. I hope you are doing better next time we have you on. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, because you know, I get abused on Twitter when we're not doing it. <laughs> Stay off Twitter hey, for a while. You know what, honestly, you and I need to get together, get get a bite or something, man. Have some lunch, okay, EJ? I'm going to hunt you down. Are you, are you buying? Uh, yeah, you know I will, wow, man. Okay, well, well, let's, okay we need to go steak 44 somewhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sonic will be good for you, okay? All right, don't think, just, don't think you're taking me to some little lunch restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not payola, Eddie. Oh, thank I you, bro. You, I want you to buy, take me to a nice place, treat me well. Yes, that's what I need. <laughs> Thanks, Eddie. Okay, brother. <laughs> All right, guys. See you, man. That's uh, Eddie Johnson joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. Yeah, you got to treat the guests well so they keep coming back, Wolf. So, unfortunately, that's... Uh, that's on you and your wallet. Yeah, right? exactly. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back with Kyler Murray out for the foreseeable future, what are the odds the Cardinals might look at another veteran quarterback for the start of next season? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. If you're looking at quarterbacks, we had this discussion briefly yesterday. Wolf, you know, okay, what do you, what do you, you're going with Colt McCoy the rest of the season. And uh, yes. I think this is when Tim Ring was in for that hour yesterday, too. We kind of got into, okay, what do you, what are you doing at the start of next year? Well, Colt McCoy. If, it, if it's three games or whatever, you're going with Colt McCoy. Um, by the nature of this injury for Kyler Murray, though, you don't, 
you don't know how long he's going to be out or how long. There's a difference between when does he recover and when can he be Kyler Murray and play football for you, stepping in yes. most likely a few games into the season when everybody else going at full speed and, and he's been ramping up completely differently. So if and they're not going to rush him back, you know that they, they are not, not going to do that coming off an ACL. And, and this, in fact, was Cliff Kingsbury uh, yesterday when he was asked about, you know, the big picture. Too many games. We're just thinking about the Broncos right now, um, trying to play the best game we can against them. So I guess it raises the question, with so much uncertainty, would they ever consider bringing in a veteran quarterback to compete with Colt McCoy or to be Colt McCoy's backup or whatever because you don't know if you're going to have Kyler Murray in week two of next season or week nine of next season. Right, exactly. Uh, the answer, I believe, is yes. Um, they've got Colt McCoy under contract, of course, all the way through next season. And regardless of their quarterback situation, whatever it may be going into the regular season, um, I believe Colt McCoy is going to be on that roster, even if it means keeping three quarterbacks yeah. on the roster. You might have to. I honestly, I believe that. I really do. And um, because of that, it opens up the door. Who's that going to be? Are you going to go out and maybe actually use a high pick, maybe a second round pick, a third round pick on a quarterback? You're going to draft a quarterback? Poss- possibly you're going to do that. I would not do that. That's a rookie, though. Exactly. It is a rookie. I've heard that brought up quite a bit of like, hey, you're going to have a high pick in each round. Why wouldn't you go out and get another quarterback? Sure. I mean, yeah, that sounds good in theory, but week one of next season, are you going to be confident starting that guy? Because that's still, and I know some people are out on Kyler Murray, but the team isn't. So when you draft that guy in, say, the second round... You're you're just drafting him to play him in week one, two, three, whatever. Right. And then when Kyler comes back, he's going back to the bench anyway. Yeah, and see, that's the reason why. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I wouldn't draft a, a guy in the second round or the third round that played quarterback. Um, I would not do that. So the answer, I think, is with a veteran that is going to be out there. And that's why it's so interesting. Anytime you see a veteran quarterback and he's not happy or he's in a situation that he's going to reconsider or whatever is out there, it makes you think immediately, I wonder if the Cardinals would be interested in that guy. And the latest is Marcus Mariota. Yeah, this is Arthur Smith. The the Marcus Mariota situation is suddenly getting pretty interesting in Atlanta. Here's Arthur Smith yesterday. I would anticipate that, yeah. And that had nothing to do with the the move here, Josh, but there's, you know, like a lot of athletes, some chronic, nothing that's been an issue this season, but that's their prerogative. And so, you know, as this happens, you know, that's why we signed Logan on Saturday to make sure we have depth there and we'll you know, once that decision is made, then I'll update you. But he's not here right now. So, in case, you know, just give me in full transparency. The initial question there was, will Marcus Mariota be placed on IR? And it's just sort of a weird, like, they went, they've decided Desmond Ritter's going to be their starter. You know, it's funny. Atlanta, because they're in the NFC South, is what, are they a game out of a playoff spot? I, mean, yeah. I can't remember the last time they won a game, and they're only a game out of a playoff spot. They're going, they're making the switch to the uh, the rookie quarterback. Uh, yeah, they're five and eight. They're one game behind uh, Tampa Bay for first in the division. No, they're going to Desmond Ritter. Marcus Mariota kind of seems like he's just stepping away from the team now. So I would assume he's going to be available. Yeah, um, I think you're right about that. I think Marcus Mariota is going to be available, and it, based on the offense the Arizona Cardinals run, 
Um, I think if, in fact, you're telling me everything's going to remain the same, that there would be interest. If there's interest, at least we at the Wu Fan Clan, when we look at Marcus Mariota and the type of offense he was in in Atlanta. One of the things I used to love early in the first half of the season, but especially in September and October, I used to love watching the Atlanta Falcons play. And it was because of how they used Marcus Mariota. Yeah. He was under center. He was in the pistol. He was in the shotgun. They did it all, and they did it all on a regular basis. I'm not talking about putting them under center five times during a game. They put them under center 20 times a game. They they would move him around. Sometimes it was a little heavier on on putting him under center based on who they were playing. And then sometimes it was a little bit lighter. But to me, they did it all, and I loved watching him play. And it was so weird because Marcus Mariota um, – Hasn't had a great season, but also hasn't been awful by any stretch of the imagination. As a matter of fact, he has a higher quarterback rating than Kyler Murray had. Yeah, that's why it's kind of strange Atlanta's doing this, because they are not having a great season. I get that now. They've fallen off in a big way. They're 5-8, they're, they're and eight, but they're, they are only a game out of first place in the division. And, and for the Cardinals' purposes, I mean, the two names that that you would think might be out there that are you're looking for a guy that's maybe a little bit more than a backup or at least somebody to push Colt but you're not obviously Colt's a big part of this whole process and it probably Correct. Will end up being him anyway Colt is going to be here next year uh, yeah he better be yes <laughs> he may, if he wants to be here Colt I believe is going to be here he, next year. he may be a starter a backup and a, a like a player coach all at one next uh, next season the other name would potentially be Baker Mayfield it feels like Marcus Mariota would be more suited to step in and, and run this offense, though, doesn't it? No doubt. No doubt. I mean, when you think of Marcus Mariota and you think of his skill set, uh, this is a guy that will tuck it and run. This is a guy that has done that, of course. He rushed for, what, over 400 yards this year, as a matter of fact. Uh, 438 this year. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think Marcus Mariota would fit like a glove right here in regard to backing up Kyler Murray. And if you're going to run the same kind of offense, even if you're going to put him under center more, even if you're going to take Kyler Murray and put him under center more, even if that is ever going to happen, this dream that I have of somehow, <laughs> some way, I, I honestly, this dream of, of putting Kyler Murray more under center, um, even if you do that, Marcus Mariota could do that. I like, I would be interested in Marcus Mariota possibly showing up here. It's, I, I, I'm not saying Colt McCoy is not your guy going forward. He's going to be on this roster one way or the other, in my opinion. Um, but if in fact you're going to miss all of September, maybe Kyler Murray, you miss all of September. Maybe you want a guy like Marcus Mariota to give it a go, but there's a lot that has to happen still with the Falcons. There's just there's so much unknown now that there was already unknown, and now the, the Kyler injury obviously puts the offseason into the uh, the unknown as well. When we come back, back to basketball, okay, yeah, the Suns are losing games, the regular season games, maybe we should just get over it, except these games aren't even competitive. That's the troubling part. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs> Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hi, 
that was not a dream last night. The Phoenix Suns lost to the Houston Rockets. What an awful dream that would be. What a waste. Uh, they lost to the Rockets 111 to 97. There were times in the first half, Wolf, where the, I mean, the Suns just couldn't hit a shot and it was, hey, they got back within 16. Maybe they have a chance. They ultimately never had a chance. Yes, they are playing without Devin Booker and obviously still Cam Johnson, but come on. This is, this, these are the sort no. of teams that the Suns uh, could normally handle. So, now you got to figure out uh, what what uh, what the issue is going forward and uh, and fix it as quickly as you can. Last night it was it was not uh, they couldn't they just couldn't hit a shot for a good chunk of it. Here's Monty Williams. I thought the lineup was was decent. We just couldn't make a shot. Well, our shot quality I haven't seen it yet, but I bet it was high tonight. Um, we got open three after open three. We just couldn't make one. I mean, Mikel goes four for twenty four. You know that's going to be a tough recipe when you don't have book and, and all the other guys that are out um, just couldn't make a shot um, they, they had 27 points 54 in the first half that's not a, a great defensive half but it's not a bad one you know just could not knock down a shot <laughs> Mikel was four of 24 man <laughs> <laughs> they have to just, that's the, the biggest like... thing I took away from that is, <laughs> is Mikel how much do we love Mikel Bridges man. and yet he was four of 24 I guarantee you it wasn't funny when it was happening it was but not. I promise you some of his teammates on that bus yeah. after <laughs> they were probably all over it <laughs> nowhere to go but up now Mikel right because they have to there are times where they have to talk him into shooting I, right? exactly and so he's probably exactly. like Exactly. I shot, I had 24 <laughs> shots, only four of them went in. Four of 24. Yeah. I, I don't know this to be the fact, ladies and gentlemen, but that has got to be his worst shooting percentage of any game he's ever played in. Somebody needs to, where's Vinny? Where, where's Vin Ask when Vinny. you need Vinny? Vinny knows. He's probably driving Vin, around seriously, right get on that, Vin. He'll, he'll Was that an not the worst shooting percentage He's ever recorded? Definitely when I mean, he's again, taken that many shots. When you, yeah, at least he, having taken double digits. That's got to okay. be the most shots he has ever missed in a game. That, I mean, 20 missed shots from Mikel Bridges, man, that, come on. That, just, that was crazy right there. It really was. But again, it wasn't about the shot. It wasn't about the shot to me, the, uh, the shot selection. I'm with Monty. I didn't think it was bad by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think they took the ball to the rack enough. There's no doubt about yeah, that. We don't have with book? 51 three-point attempts. No, I, I, I'm not comfortable with that. I understand that the Suns, a lot of their offenses move the ball around, and when the guy, whoever it is, has the open shot, they trust him to take it. And so I get that sometimes that's a lot of threes, and I get that when you're trailing, you have to take more threes. But I said this to you before earlier, Wolf, and, and, I, and I fully believe this. To me, when I see a team that's hoisting 53s, that's the lesser team that's trying to keep up with a better team. Unless it's Golden State and they're hitting 40 yes. of those threes. You yes. know what I mean? But for, there are there are teams in this league, and there are teams in college basketball, you see it in March Madness, the teams that aren't as good are the ones that are like, okay, we got to hit a bunch of threes to have a chance. That's not supposed to be the Suns. Yes, and, you know, once again, it wasn't like um, they were chucking up threes late. It was also early. They yeah. were 4 of 24 in the first half. They were what Mikael Bridges was for the entire <laughs> game. In the first half, 4 of 24 uh, beyond the arc. That's on pace for 48, Ron Wolfley reporting. Um, so, you know, to me, it's not the offense. It's not the, the shot selection. It is defense and what is happening on the defensive end that really bums me out. I'm sorry. It's just so much of defense is playing with intensity 
playing um, with enthusiasm. So much of it is about communication and just effort on that end of the floor. So, and you're not talking about just last night. You're going through the no. picture here because, I mean, they, no. they had 35 points at halftime last night. If you're just looking at last night's game and being like, well, they couldn't hit a shot. That's why they lost. Yeah, okay. But why did they lose to New Orleans twice? And why did they trail Boston by 45? And why did they get smoked by Dallas again? Something isn't quite right with this team. There's, there's just, why did they, why have they lost to Houston twice in 12 days? Something is not right. It's not something that's unfixable. This team is not like destroyed and falling apart. It's the middle. It's not even the middle of the season. But these are losses that are mounting. And we had Eddie Johnson on earlier this hour. He pointed out, look, the Western Conference was top like basically 13 teams are all bunched up. Does anybody believe the Suns are going to miss the playoffs? No. Does anybody believe they're going to be in the play-in tournaments? I mean, I hope not, but that's... They're right now. They're a game ahead of seventh place. That's very much a possibility yeah. if you keep stacking losses. Uh, but the the bigger thing is, if you're trying to win a title, you really need to be in one of those top two spots. Yeah, and you know, once again, I, I'm talking about the defensive end of the floor, man. Where they were, you heard Eddie talking about the fact they were top five in the NBA. They were giving up uh, what at 23 games, 107.9. That's the number, 107.9. That's not great, but it certainly isn't bad. By any stretch of the imagination. And then over the course of this losing, going into last night's game, over the course of this five-game losing streak, they were giving up 125 points a game. That's a big difference. Huge difference. Yeah. And the lack of physicality, I think, on both ends of the floor, offensively and defensively. Man, the lack of physicality was startling. It, it You know, I, the game on Sunday... I liked the effort. They ended up losing in overtime, but it looked like a team that was like, okay, we're shorthanded, but we're going to go out there and give every single thing we have. Now, I'm not saying they didn't do that last night, but to your point on defense, it just... Generally, I'm talking about generally speaking right now, not in particular last night or the two games before that. I, Of course, they had stretches and uh, nights that were better, but I'm talking about generally speaking overall... The team, the 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 twenty one twenty two Suns on December fourteenth, that team a year ago would Man. hammer this year's team right now. Man. It wouldn't even be a close game. They totally. would blow the Suns out. Yes, this is Monty Williams talking about the effort despite the injuries. You're going to have games like that. I thought we stayed competitive. We defended. A lot of our missed shots turned into fast break opportunities for them. We, we just didn't shoot a good percentage at all in the first half, and that put us in a hole. In the second half, we scored sixty two points. And um, with book out, DA out, Cam Cam out, we just had guy after guy step up and stay competitive. And um, the one thing about me, book, uh, DA, Mikhail, Dario, Cam, we we were here our first year where we went through a stretch like this, and we just kept doing the next right thing. And um, that's what we got to do right now. But it was tough to come out of that hole. And uh, on top of that, we still, you know, gave them a ton of free throws, you know, 34 free throws, and they had 17 offensive rebounds. But we had 18. You know, I think we got 22 more shots. That's a competitive team who who won't quit even when the shots aren't falling. Lost DA and lost campaign in that game, too. Yes. Just to pile on. Just if you made an injury list, Wolf, of Suns and Cardinals that are hurt. Yeah. (laughs) It would basically be all the big names. Except Mikel Bridges, yeah. who went 4 of 24. You know, for me, once again, though, it, it, yeah, right. It, it was just, 
okay, I'm just going to say it. I mean, D.A. should pretty much dominate when he plays the Rockets. Well, he should never be 2 of 10. 2 of 10. Uh, he scored 5 points, I believe, in 15 minutes. And, you know, I... <sighs> It's just watching them. It is. It's so difficult, man. It is difficult to watch him and some of the stuff he does. Once again, the the lack of effort trying to get to the rim when one of his teammates chucks up a shot. It bothers me. It does. Nah, you're not the only one that bothers. There, the, there's a bad pattern developing right now. If there was one thing, Luke, that I, that I would love to just say, you could wave a wand and suddenly change how D.A. goes about stuff on the floor. It wouldn't even be dunking the ball when given the opportunity. And that takes a lot for me to yeah, say that. It used to be that. You know what it would be? When one of his teammates throws up a shot, he breaks to the basket. He, he takes a couple of steps with certitude towards the basket, tries to get around a guy and be maybe in position for an offense. I, I would just love to see him do that with consistency. He does it from time to time. You'll see him. But I'd love to see him. every time it goes up. I'd love to see him. Well, because the, the problem, and we even saw this when Booker was playing last week. You know, the pattern that's developing that's not great right now is okay. Devin Booker, you know, he has an off shooting night. It doesn't happen very often. It's yeah. happened a few times in the last week, and he's hurt, so it feels amplified right now. But let's be fair. There's going to be a night in the playoffs where he has an off shooting night. Well, the problem now with this team is. When Booker's not hitting his shots, all of a sudden nobody else can hit their shots. So then your only real chance is dominating in terms of rebounds and just getting points in the paint, right? And right. that is why you have DA. Yes. So I'm not trying to put all the blame on him, but when Devin Booker has an off-shooting night, it shouldn't be the whole team falls apart. And I get Booker didn't play last night, but I'm just going big picture. Let's say he comes back on Thursday, but he's not quite right. He just has an off night. It shouldn't suddenly mean the rest of the team can't shoot and D.A. can't get rebounds. How is that a thing? Yes. No, how is that a thing right there? You know, and everyone will say, Wolf, you know what? Every time a shot goes up, he's got to work to get in position. Do you know how much energy that takes? Do you know how bad that is? How tired he is at that point in time? You know what? Honestly, it, it does hurt. It does hurt to compete from time to time. And especially if you're a running back in the National Football League, you want to talk about it hurting to compete where these guys are, everyone's trying to put a helmet on you, and yet you've got guys like Marshawn Lynch over and over and over and over again and over. Okay, that is a mentality. That's what I'm talking about. It's a mentality. And, And I... I just would love to see that one thing when a shot goes up. Don't stand there with straight legs and your arms up in front of you like a T-Rex. Don't do that. Move to try to get in position to make a play. I'd love to a see T-Rex. Be- As a former player. Somebody that did and knows what it's like to hurt when you're out there playing the game. You can do it if you just think about it. Would think a T-Rex would be a good rebounder because he could box out, but then the short arms, yeah. Kill him. Coming up next, we'll get you all the latest headlines in sports. Wolf and Down Your Lunch is right around the corner. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.